You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Yeah, that's good times, isn't it? Isn't it awesome to see people like getting baptized and stuff? And those of you that have been walking with Jesus for a long time, you know, you're like, remember how it was when you first started? Remember when it was new? Remember when you encountered your first love, you know? And we're all different places in our spiritual journey here, right? I mean, some are brand new that just were baptized in recent days. And some of you have been walking with Jesus for a long time. And then some of you are what we call our spiritual investigators. You're not quite sure if you know that God is really a thing or not, or you're trying to figure out if God is legit and for real. So you're kind of coming to church like you would go to a car lot and you're kicking the tires and seeing what's up, you know? Uh, and so I just want to invite you to come and seek God at your own pace, you know? We're not trying to make you do anything you don't want to do. You can seek God at your own pace and just like you're watching the Discovery Channel or something, you're observing some Christians in their natural habitat and seeing God if he's for real. And if you seek him just a little bit, what you'll find is is that he's been seeking you for a lot of bit. And at some point, I really believe that if you seek with an honest heart, that God will reveal himself in a unique and special way that's unique to you because he sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. Uh, that's our message here. Now, we've been in this series of conversations about experiencing peace over things like anxiety and worry. Today, we're going to be looking at fear. Um, and, you know, I think there's a collective fear over the whole world right now after what happened, you know, when Russia invaded Ukraine. And so we felt it would be appropriate for us to just take a little time out of the service to just pray for Ukraine. Would you guys be cool with that? So let's bow for prayer and let's ask God by his spirit to do a great work there. God, we bow before you and we know that right now, God, we have the freedom and we thank you for it. We have the freedom to come to church. We have freedom to go to a restaurant after church. We have freedom to go to our apartments and flats and homes and all of that after church. But right now, there are some people who are some of them running for their lives. They're leaving their apartments and they don't know if they'll ever get to go back. And they're in fear for their safety. They're refugees. And we pray for the people of Ukraine who are being displaced. We pray for the people that are living in fear of invasion and what this war is going to mean for their lives. We even pray for Vladimir Putin that you would put peace on his heart and somehow cause him, motivate him to withdraw those troops out of there and bring peace to Ukraine. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I had to invite a friend to talk to us today because if anybody I know knows about fear, it's my friend Billy. You know, Billy, before he came to know the Lord, he was a drug dealer and been around drug dealers his whole life. And so he saw some physical dangers that most of us will never encounter. So I asked him if he would come. He's the pastor of the Metanoia Church. 
Church in Dallas, Texas. They have a home there where addicts come into the home and live in the home and get free in Jesus, you know. And so Billy was a drug dealer until he met Jesus and it changed everything. Now he's a pastor. And not only does he have the home for addicts, but he also has a church and they're starting a new location in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So uh, I wanted Billy to come talk to you. Now, what you got to understand is that Billy's church is what we call a talkback church. You know what I mean by talkback church? It's like when the pastor says something, people talk back to him, you know? So um, I, I need to prep you for this. So let's play along. Let's, let's kind of role play this for just a minute. And I'm going to like, like say something, and you're going to have to pretend that I said something insightful, okay? Now that's a stretch for you, but you know, we're, we're just going to pretend here. And so pretend like I said something insightful just now, and what are you going to do? Amen. Yeah, praise it. So you can say right on. Amen. So you did pretty good there. That's, that's good. Good try, you know, for, for the number of Mexicans and white people we have in here. You know, you, you, you could do a little bit better. But let's try one more time. So pretend I said something insightful and then you go. Yeah, right on. So, so that good. You're, you're doing really very good. I, I appreciate that. So uh, I want you guys to give a rowdy and warm family welcome to my dear friend, Billy Island. Welcome, Billy. Thank you, Thank you so much. Wow, it's so, it's so good to be here at City Tribe. You guys are amazing. No, literally, you guys are amazing. You are a body of believers and, and followers of God that really are not only impacting this city, you guys are impacting people like all over the world. Literally. Seriously. You, you, okay, okay. Somebody... We got a few people excited about that. That's so good. Well, I'm going to get right into it. We're going to pray at the end, okay? But I'm, I want to get right into this right now because we're talking about fear, and fear has crippled so many people. It's paralyzed so many people. Most people actually live with one or multiple fears in their life. But it didn't start out like that because studies say that when you're born a baby, you actually are only afraid of two things, naturally. Loud noises and falling. That's it. So what happens, we accumulate fears as we progress through life. We develop fears. We have learned fears, things that we've learned over time to be fearful of. Some of us, we're fearful of spiders, right? I know I am. I don't like spiders. I'm scared of them. Um, some people are fear of, uh, you know, fearful of like the dark or the boogeyman. Anybody, hold on, okay, anybody sleep with a nightlight when they were young? Anyone? No? Come on, I, I slept with a nightlight. Yeah, I'm getting my healing today. I'm telling you, I, I slept with a nightlight. But it reminds me of a story of two siblings. It was a brother and a sister, and they were arguing over whose fear was rational or irrational. So they begin to debate. And so the brother said, well, I'm not like you, sis. You're afraid every time a door is open, a closet door or a bedroom door, you always got to close it as if someone's on. That's going to stop the person on the other side from coming in. Like, so you don't like doors open. Okay. She said, well, at least I'm not like you. You don't want any limb hanging all over the bed. Because you think like someone's under the bed and going to 
actually pull you under there. I don't know if you're like me. Have you ever walked in the bathroom and there's a shower curtain? You know where I'm going, right? Like when you, when I see the shower curtain close, I clench up my fist. No, seriously, and, and, I'm, and I'm about to grab it because whoever is back there, if it's that guy that's under the bed or in the closet, hey, you're going to get a good one. But most of us in life have common fears. We just do. I want to talk about four common fears. Uh, the fear of loss, right? Some of us fear losing someone or something that is precious to us. Maybe you fear losing your spouse, losing a kid, losing control. Sometimes that's a, a fear that we have. Also, uh, the fear of failure. That's one I would check off if I had a box. The, the fear of failure. Sometimes we fear failing because we feel so inadequate, right? Like we possibly... Uh, would wish if it could be a foolproof plan. Could it be secure victory? And then I'll start because I don't want to fail. I, I don't want to fail in college. So, I, you know, I just don't start. I, I fear getting involved because I just don't know if I'll fail. Some of us, we want to actually have security of Success. Maybe you want to start a business. Maybe you want to start a career. Maybe you want to go back to school. Maybe you want to start serving God at your church. But that fear of failure. What if I quit? What if it doesn't work out the way I thought it would? Others have the fear of rejection, right? Some of us, we don't, we don't uh, ask that person out. Don't look now, but you don't ask that person out because you fear they may reject you. Or some of us don't bring our authentic self to the table because if they knew who I was, they probably wouldn't accept me. That fear that stirs inside of our heart of failure. Now also rejection. Last but not least, the fear of the unknown, the future. Some of us, we fear that, you know, um, I thank God for uh, pastors like Doug, Robin's uh, March 2020, that date, does that jar your memory? It was a lot of pastors together that we was, I think Pastor Doug put it together where it was a lot of pastors all over the state of Texas, and, and we were just coming together and being honest about, man, we don't know what's about to happen. This pandemic is at large, and we can't even come together, and many of us are I don't know if you know, understand pastors. We love, I mean, it energizes me to be around people. Some people, it drains people. I just love to be around people, hugging people, talking to people, listening to people's stories. And we were confined to a room to preach to a camera. Fear of the unknown. Is this how it's going to be forever? And often we have that, the fear of unknown. What if I lose my job? What if my child gets sick? What's going to happen? And some people are actually stuck in bad relationships because they don't want to get out of that relationship because they just don't know what it would look like if they weren't in this relationship. Would someone want me? So they stay in a verbal, a verbal abusive relationship, a physically 
abusive relationship, a mental abusive relationship, just because the fear of if I leave, I don't know if I'll have another soulmate or love mate. So many people are paralyzed by fear. Fear of the law, losing someone, fear of failure, fear of rejection, or even the fear of unknown. It's very important to be able to identify what you're dealing with. I always say you can't defeat what you don't define. If you can't define it, you can't defeat it. It's so important for you and I to know this because often what happens is we get frustrated when we find out where we're at. And it just doesn't make sense because, listen, we got to be able to define where we're at. Even on a GPS, if you get the Maps app or the Google Maps app, when you type in your address of where you want to go, if you look up top, it already, if you've given them the permission to locate you or give, show your location, it tells you current location. So it can't tell you where you need to go if you don't actually Reveal first where you're at. It's impossible for you to get somewhere unless you identify this is where I'm at. So identifying where you're at is so important. So what we're going to do, we're going to do an exercise. Are you guys ready? Okay, we're going to do an exercise today. And we, seriously, it's going to be so important. Not, not that type of exercise. You, no one have to move. You won't have to move or anything uh, or stretch much. But it's so important to know, do I have these fears? And we need to know where it's coming from. We need to know, we need to be able to identify that. And 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 gives us clarity. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So God has not given us a spirit of fear. I want you to get that. Can we repeat that together? God Okay, let's, let's make it personal. God has not given me. God has not given me. So watch this. So fear is not from God. It's so important to identify that God has not given us a spirit of fear that's from the enemy. That's not from God. And see, until we identify where it comes from, we, wanna, we won't deal with it properly. We won't approach it properly. We won't deal with the matter accordingly, according to how God sees us overcoming it. It's not a condition. It's not hereditary. It's not from you. It's from the devil. Fear is not from God. And because fear is not from God, I have to make sure that I know how to overcome fear and replace fear with peace. So important. Until we identify that, we will not approach this properly. And we'll never get victory over fear. And so today, some people uh, have said, and I've heard it so many times, fear is the opposite of faith. Have you ever heard that? Fear is the opposite of faith. That's what they say. And it's sort of right. But I believe fear is faith. But I believe it's faith in the wrong thing. Let's think about this. Let's, let's unpack this. Most of us, if we define fear, we would say fear is the opposite of faith. But let me give you this. 
Because you may be asking, what is fear? Right? Some people have asked that and they think that what is fear just to be able to get a clear definition of fear. Fear is placing your faith in the what ifs. Let me explain. Most of the, the time we'll create something. What if I lose my spouse? What if my child gets sick? What if I'm in a car wreck? What if my boyfriend cheat on me? What if I'm single forever? What if? And we, most of us, when we do what ifs, we don't say, what if I hit the lottery? We usually say negative things, right? What if? And so I want to make sure you know that you're not alone. There was this guy. He was a very cool guy. He's in the Bible. His name was Moses. Anyone heard of that guy? Right? Moses, this guy was so cool. I love him because he'd done some real cool things. Uh, one of the things is he, he split the Red Sea, right? And they walked across. That was a real cool trick, right? And I loved it. I was like, man, this guy's cool. But one, another thing he did before he'd done all that is he questioned God. And he said, what if? Typically, what happens, God will speak to your heart. Through the word of God, you know, through you open the Bible, when you come to service or something, someone is speaking and God speaks to you or, or you're worshiping and God speak to you. God will speak to you through his spirit. I mean, there's so many ways God will speak to you, right? But typically he'll speak to us and watch what happens. Often we'll question right afterwards, right? Was that God? Was that him? Was that me? Was that just bad spaghetti from last night? What was that? This is what happened to Moses. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Moses answered God because God told him, hey, I want you to go do something. God spoke to him. Guess what he says? What if they do not believe me? What if they don't want to listen to me? Basically, he's saying, what if they don't want to listen to me? And they say, the Lord did not appear to you. So he begins to start allowing this what if, this fear because God was challenging this man, Moses, to go to this powerhouse of a nation, Egypt at the time. And Egypt had this big, big just nation that was ruled by this guy named Pharaoh. And he was told to go to Pharaoh with a one-line sermon, hoping that the guy would get convicted and turn from his sin. A one-line sermon, let my people go. This was the challenge. And Moses said, well, what if they don't believe me? Now, how many of us have been battling, been battling with that? Like, you know, like, what if he doesn't, what if that wasn't God? What if I just made all this up? What if I open up my business and it crashes? What if I go back to school and I just don't have the, the tenacity? I don't have the drive like I once had to finish to get that degree. What if I get in this relationship and, oh, my God. You just get my space. You know, I like my own space now. And oh, what if I'm single forever? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my health? And this is what happens often. Because fear is placing our faith in the what ifs. Now, let me explain why your what ifs matter. Okay. But our what ifs matter. They really do. It's so important to identify this, why your what-ifs matter. Well, one of the reasons why your what-ifs matter is because what you fear reveals 
what you value the most. Watch this. Let me, let me explain this. The reason why you're fearing if your husband would cheat or your wife would cheat is because you value your marriage. The reason why we think about, oh, why would, why would we worry about these things? Why would we have fear? The reason why we have the fear about our job is because we care about our financial stability. It matters. It's valuable to us. It's so important for us to understand our fears reveal what we value the most. The things we value the most, that's why we have these what ifs. What if? My business nosedive. You care about your financial stability. You care about your career. Those things are revealed because of these fears, these what ifs. What if reveals what you value the most. Also, your fears, my fears, our fears reveal where we trust God the least. So not only does God show us, okay, you value your marriage. That's why you're concerned about her cheating, him cheating. You value your children. That's why you're concerned about them getting sick. You value, you know, your, your financial stability. That's why you're concerned about your, uh, your, your, your career, your, your business ventures. That's why you're so concerned about your stakes that you have, you know, uh, in, in investments. That's why you're in, you're concerned about that. Why? Because it, it's valuable to you. It matters to you. But also it's showing where you trust God the least because you're worried about your marriage because you're not trusting me with your marriage. You're worried about your kids because you're not trusting me with your children. You're concerned about your financial status because you're not trusting me with your financial conditions. And so it's so important to know your fears. It's so important to allow those what ifs to reveal to you and I what we value the most and what we trust God the least. That's so important. It's very important to know these things. You may say, well, I do trust God. Well, you may trust, but you may trust in the what ifs because that's what the fear reveals. Fear reveals what you're, where you trust God the least. And so this is so important, you know, because I must trust in the truth of who God is instead of the imagination of what ifs. Okay? I must trust in the truth of who God is instead of the imagination of my what ifs. Because God is true. He's real. He exists. He's here. And he loves you. And that's so important to trust in the truth of who God is instead of the imaginations of our what ifs. What you fear reveals where you trust God the least. And whether it's your spouse, your kids, your future, your finances, it reveals what I value the most and where I trust God the least. So let's talk about this. How do you face the what ifs of fear? Right? We, we all want to face these fears. We have to address these fears because if not, it'll begin to eat us away internally. It'll be like corrosion just eating us away. We'll just allow our imagination to wander about all these what ifs. What if? And so what do we do? How do we face 
the what ifs of fear. Well, the first thing we need to do, we need to acknowledge our fears and choose to trust God. So important to acknowledge our fears. We need to acknowledge our fears and make a conscious decision, be intentional to trust God. There's another guy I love uh, in the Bible. His name is David. Okay, David's a cool guy, right? He's a little, little bitty guy, and everyone loves him. Anyone, everyone loves David because he was a hero, right? Uh, he killed Goliath, remember that? Now, let me, let me explain. He didn't get like a bazooka because Goliath was a giant. He didn't get a bazooka. He didn't get a, like an AK-47. He didn't get an assault rifle. He didn't get a gun. This guy killed this big, tall giant with a rock. I love David. I love David. I mean, that's so cool. Then the Bible says that uh, God explains David's character like he actually beat up bears and lions. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never wanted to try to fight a bear or a lion. Never. So this guy, David, right? God chooses him. He says, you're going to be the king. Okay, I'm the king. He says, well, hold up. What about that guy? King Saul's on the throne. King Saul's in his castle. King Saul's in his position. This guy, King Saul. And let me tell you how crazy King Saul was. King Saul was so crazy. No, first, let me ask you this. Have you ever been hanging out with someone that y'all just like listening to the radio and then they just threw something at you? No, you don't have any friends like that? I, me neither. I lived a crazy life before Christ. Never had that happen to me. Well, this is what King Saul would do. David would be playing a harp, playing music. And as he's playing music, Saul is all into it. Saul's enjoying himself. He's like, oh my God. Soon as David would stop, he would just throw something at him. As if David didn't have a life. As if David, you know, hey, do I suppose to play the harp all day for you? I mean, my God, let me, I have a life. Well, he would stop. As soon as he would stop, he would throw something at him. Now, let me explain. He didn't just throw anything at him. He threw a spear at him, which would go through his entire body. Safe to say, David came to the conclusion he needed to get away from this guy, right? So he, he leaves and he runs. And so in his memoirs, he wrote like he was writing like, you know, stories about what was going on with him. And so in Psalm chapter 56, verse two through four, he says it like this. He says, my slanderers, talking about Saul and, and all of his, you know, his soldiers. He says, my slanderers pursue me all day long. That's enough to be scared, right? He says, many are attacking me in their pride. This is what I love. These four words are so amazing. There's nothing wrong with saying this. This giant of a man, this man that killed lions and bears, this man that killed a giant with a rock, this man said, when I am afraid. He acknowledged his fear. But then let's look, let's look, continue. He says, I will trust in you. I think we need to take a page out of David's life and come to the conclusion that we have to acknowledge our fears. When I am afraid, what a giant of a guy. I mean, someone say he was a boss, David, and he's acknowledging, I'm afraid. I get afraid sometimes. I'm afraid of the unknown. 
I'm afraid of, of rejection. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of loss. He says, when I'm afraid, I'm going to make a conscious decision to trust God. He continues, he says, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. You see how I reversed it now? He first, he says, when I'm afraid, I will trust God. Now he approaches it differently. He says, in God, whose word I praise, he says, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. You see how he reversed it. First he was saying, I am afraid, and I'm going to have to put my trust in God. But now he's saying, I, you know what? In God I trust, and that's why I'm not going to be afraid. He said, I'm choosing today to acknowledge, yes, fear comes to my heart. Yes, sometimes I get a little shaky. Yes, what ifs crowd my mind. But today, I'm acknowledge my fear, and I'm going to trust God. That's how we face fears. Here it is. I got to continue to give you this because he said something that was a little awkward for me. In verse four, he says, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. But this last part really blew my mind. He says, what can mortal man do to me? Uh, Kill you? <laughs> right? I mean, because think about it. He's running from the potus of those days. He had access to the Navy SEAL, Green Beret, the Army, everyone. There were soldiers looking all over the place for David, ready to kill him. What can mortal man do to me? Kill you, Dave? That's what they can do. You know what he's doing, though? He's shifting. He's shifting from the temporal to the eternal. He's shifting. He says, because I'm putting my trust in God, now my perspective has just changed. What can they really do to me? He, that's what we have to do. We have to identify our fears, acknowledge our fears, and choose to trust God. And you know what happens when that takes place? It's shift in the mindset, a shift in our perspective. Like, you know what? God is in charge. God rules the world. There's nothing that is getting by God without him knowing that it was going to happen. I'm going to put my trust in God. And that's the proof that you're putting your trust in God. Here it is. He says, I'm going to acknowledge my fear. And I'm going to choose to trust God. I'm going to tell you, the further you are away from God, the further you are away from God, the more your what ifs are relevant. The closer you get to God, the more your what-ifs are irrelevant because of the presence of God and his goodness and his promises and his power and his, oh, it's so amazing. The closer you lean in, the more your what-ifs have no relevance. So the first thing we need to do is acknowledge your worst fear. Acknowledge your worst what-if and choose to trust God. Second thing I want to give you to face your fears, to overcome your fears and replace them with peace is seek God until he takes away your fears. So beautiful because seeking God is, is simple because uh, when you hear that, it may sound like, what do you mean seek God? Well, seek God, talking about uh, praying, talking to God, you know, just explaining to God like, hey, I'm a little fearful right now. 
Um, get into God's word. That's a way to seek God. You know, get into the word of God and let it speak to your heart. Sometimes God speaks to you in your heart personally. That's how he, you seek God. He speaks to you. Other times, seeking God is fellowshipping with another believer. Fellowshipping with another believer is seeking God. I'm telling you because look, look what it says. That's why I challenge you to get in a tribe if you're not in a tribe. You want to get in a tribe. So important to do life with others. It's not just a cliche. We're better together. Do life together. It sounds good, but it is an amazing thing because you find freedom. You get to cultivate freedom. Why? Because when you confess your sins one to another, the Bible say healing takes place. Last time I heard, the only person to heal is God. So you're seeking God through healing, through confessing one, one to another. This is what happened. We have to seek God until he takes our fears away. This is what happened to, to, to me one time. My wife, she was, she was physically sick. Her body was hurting. She'd be crying at night. I couldn't do nothing about it. I mean, you feel so hopeless and helpless when... You can't do something for your spouse or your, someone you love. You just can't do anything about it but pray. I mean, I know it sounds like nothing but pray, but I couldn't solve it. I know it sounds difficult. You, you, I was praying, but I needed something tangible to take place. I needed something in person here on earth. So I was praying and praying. Eventually, we went to the doctor. And first of all, I was fearful of what was going on. What, what is happening to my wife? What's going on? Am I going to lose my wife? What if I lose my wife? So eventually we get to the doctor and, and uh, finally they let her know she has some tumors. So from there, we didn't know what was going on. That was a fear. Now we know what's going on. Here's a, another fear. Oh my gosh, she's going to have a surgery. So then she having surgery, there's another fear. Oh my God, is it going to be successful? Is she going to come out? Okay. And then eventually they got the tumors out, and they're like, oh, my God, are they going to be cancerous? And I'm like, hold up. I had to trace this back. Here's a pattern here. Remember, fear is not from God. I had to trace this back to the source, like the enemy is really trying to invade my heart. So you know what? I begin to start seeking God, seeking God. I didn't believe that you could seek God and he would take away your fear. I didn't. Know that that was even possible, that he could take all your fears away. But I begin to seek God in the form of praying, in the form of worshiping, in the form of getting in God's word, being reflected, reflecting on God's word. And God gave me a peace that surpassed all understanding. He gave me a peace that didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. I'm like, why am I peaceful in this situation? Why am I okay with everything going on? Uh, you know, you know those type of peace that that it's a peace that almost offends people that you're supposed to be panicking. Have you ever been around somebody? Like, you, you're, you're in peace, you're at peace, and everyone's like, why aren't you upset? I'm like, it's going to be okay. Uh, we, we're gonna, you know, God is going to get through this. I know, but my God, and everyone panicking. It's almost one of those types of peace. Do you know what I'm talking about? I never knew that this could take place. Psalm chapter 34, verse 4 says it. I didn't know it was biblical until I seen in the scripture, he says, I sought the Lord. And he answered me. And he delivered me from all my fears. God has the ability to remove all fears if we seek him with all of our hearts. 
God has a way of taking away our fear. If you seek God with all your heart, there will be no fear that will paralyze you or keep you hostage. If you seek God with all your heart, with everything you have inside, with all your energies, because God has the power. Do you believe that? God has the power to remove all fear. And that's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. It's a great man of God. His name is John Wesley. He's been quoted saying, I have never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. Whenever I feel fearful, emotions overtaking me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne reigning over everything. And I take comfort in his control over all the affairs of my life. John Wesley says, I never allowed it to get there. I'm reminded of a a lady. Her name is Beth Moore. Beth Moore is a phenomenal teacher of the word of God. She's an author. She's actually a follower of God. And she began to start being invaded by what if. What if I lose my husband was her what if. And she began to turn that into a prayer and started having a convo with God. What if I lose my husband? And the way she says it is she said, God said, what if? She said, well, I would stay in my house and I would eat all day and just sleep and eat and sleep. I wouldn't even leave my house. And according according to the story, Beth Moore says that God said, and then? Well, I would stay another week and I wouldn't go out. And I would just eat and sleep and turn all the lights off, close the blinds, and I wouldn't want to talk to anyone. And God responded and said, and then? And Beth Moore said, I'd get up, I'd put my trust in you, and I would continue with my life. And sometimes our worst what-ifs come to our heart, not mine. But no matter what the what-if is, we're all going to have to acknowledge it and put our trust in Jesus. And I'm challenging us all to seek God with everything we have inside of us. I'm going to tell you today, they gave you a magnet today, right? And so with that magnet, I want you to do something. If you want to participate, I'd love for you to participate. I want us to write on that magnet. And if if you notice, there's a lot of them right up here. You'll be participating with a whole bunch of people that actually participated and said, This is my fear. We're writing our fear on the magnet and we're putting it right here at the bottom of the stage. And you know what this is saying? This is saying, I'm releasing this fear. I'm releasing this what if. I'm putting my trust in God. It's just like David. David said, when I am afraid, you're in good company. It's just like Moses. Moses said, what if? So all human beings are approached with fear in a time in their life. I, I told you I was fearing my, uh, my, my wife's condition. And oh, it's so many fears. 
I've had so many fears. I said something about my mother, so I feel like saying this now. There was a season when someone put a gun in my mother's mouth because of my gang activity, my drug activity, and my, my lifestyle. And the fear of losing my mom was, was right there. Because of my activity, because of the things that I'd done. I didn't know if I was going to have my mom ever again. And those fears, it, it, they look different in everyone's life. But thank God my wife is here right now. She's healthy. My mom is here. My mom's saved and healthy. My wife's saved and, and blood washed and loved the Lord and, and sings her heart out. So all of those what ifs, eventually it, it comes to the point where we're going to have to put our trust in God. Even if it came to the Beth Moore situation, she was fearing that her husband may die. And she created an imagination that if he did, God still was saying, and then. Because even if it did come to pass, we have to put our trust in God. Today, I want you to release it. I want you to write down whatever that fear is on that magnet. And I want you to release it. I want you to stand up. We have Sharpies up here so you can write it up here if you would like. I want you to stand up if you have a fear that, you know, or what if that deals with you, come up here and get a Sharpie and write it here. And this is a picture of you releasing your fears. When I am afraid, you know what you're doing when you're stepping up here? You're saying, I will trust God. And just slap it right here on the front of this stage. That's magnetic. So you can put it there. And what we're saying is, God, I'm going to trust you with this. And we're praying that, that God would do something special. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3. It says this. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So you want perfect peace today? few people today remember he, he tried to tell you I'm, I'm a talk back pastor you want you, 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 you want perfect peace today <laughs> thing, thing is is we want to fix our eyes on Jesus we want to write down our fears and we're going to put them right there on the front and I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands if you have the capabilities if you have the physical capability lift up your hand I want to pray that God would shatter any bondage, any chain holding you bound, anything that is paralyzing, any fear today, with hands lifted, if you have the physical capability of doing so, and if you want to participate, lift up your hands, and I'm going to pray that God would do something spectacular right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. That whatever fear, whatever what if that's been clouding your judgment, I'm praying today that Jesus would break those shackles, those attachments, that you would be detached from that fear and you will attach yourself to God's peace in the name of Jesus. I'm praying for a fresh perspective to be released in this place 
a fresh outpouring of your anointing today, a fresh start for some of us that we will go on a journey believing and trusting that God can do anything. God can transform your marriage. God can transform your family. God can transform your life. God can do anything. If I have a room full of people believing that with lifted hands, I'm going to pray right now. You may be a skeptic or you may be someone that may be investigating God or you came and you got invited by a friend. Today, I'm here to tell you that God has a plan for your life. God loves you. God cares for you. And today, if you feel comfortable, I want to lead you in a simple prayer to invite God in your life or to invite God to Break those shackles of fear if you've accepted God already. Today, I'm going to ask you to repeat this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that at times I'm fearful. But today, I choose to trust you. I choose to accept you. Jesus, the Son of God, who died on the cross, and shed his blood for all my sins. I rededicate my life to you. Fill me with your presence, with your power, with your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. i 
together in the last service and it's like Billy was talking about our fears are the what ifs and then the song we just sang is the reality of when you've believed in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross you're a child of God that is the reality of what is and so basically where God's taken us today is to move from the what ifs to what is and so now we're walking into a new reality no longer paralyzed by the fear of finances or the fear of health or even the fear of death. We move forward in faith and courage because of the power of Jesus. He says, perfect love casts out fear. And so it's like you never get rid of one thing and leave an empty place because seven more evil come back. So what we do is we rem. His presence come and it forces out whatever the demonic lie is like fear. And so God, we thank you that that lie has been pressed out by your presence because in your presence, demons flee. In your presence, love comes and fills us. And we thank you for that God that we're moving from the what ifs to what really, really is your truth, love, grace, mercy, presence, fruit of the Spirit, filling us to overflowing. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And everybody said, amen, amen. That's pretty good times rock and roll, right? Yeah. You know, you guys were so good today. You talked back and everything. Thank you for that. Okay, so go ahead and take a load off just for a minute. And by the way, I just loved having Billy here all, we, you know, all weekend. Would you guys join me in thanking Billy for coming? You know, amen. And can I tell you, um, and behind every good man, there's a woman rolling her eyes. A lot of times, that's the case in my marriage. But you know how, like at our church, I mean, everybody gets around here for a while, knows that, you know, maybe I stand up and give a talk. But my wife and a couple other ladies actually run this church. You know what I'm saying? But Bill, Billy's wife is here, Helena, and she runs their church in a lot of ways. Helena, would you just stand up real quick? Say, everybody wants to say hey. She's such a boss. And uh, I, I can tell you, you know, I've been up to Dallas to their ministry. And uh, he knows it's true. And so the, uh, Helena is killing it there in ministry and serving the Lord and helping people experience freedom in Christ. And so it's just amazing to see what God is doing through both Billy and Elena. So anyways, uh, I forgot what I'm supposed to tell you. Oh, I'm supposed to wrap up the service today. And re remember um, that what Jake was telling us earlier, we got a Awaken service coming up on Tuesday. And have you heard of Ash Wednesday? Have you heard of that? Or maybe you've seen people at HEB on a certain Wednesday and they go in there and they got some black stuff on their forehead. Well, we're going to have Ash Tuesday where uh, we're going to come Tuesday night. And if you want to, man, we'll 
like we'll put we'll rub stuff all over your dome, man. It's just like it's gonna that's what's gonna happen. And we're gonna explain what all that means and what it's about. So make sure and come on to Ash Tuesday where we talk about what what's going on with that. And also we're gonna continue in our series, you know, where, where we've been talking about peace practices where we have peace over fear and anxiety and all these kind of things. And next week, man, I've been looking at how that service is being prepared by our team, and it's gonna be a fantastic one. We're gonna be looking at loneliness. Because how many of you know people, maybe it's you, who perhaps are around people, but feel all alone. And we're going to overcome that, replace it with fear next Sunday. So make sure and come on back for that one. Now, one of the ways that we worship and come to a place of peace in our finances is when we trust God with our finances and we steward them appropriately. You know, in case you're a guest here, or perhaps you've not believed in Jesus or any of that yet, we don't like to put the pressure on you regarding donating to the church and all that kind of stuff. But those of us that follow Jesus here, we follow these ancient principles where we want to put God first with our money in every facet of our lives. And then the second principle is that we bring a 10, 10% above, like that's called the tithe throughout the Bible. It's an ancient discipline. And then we bring it here to the church where people are coming to faith in Jesus and being baptized and cultivating freedom in their lives, discovering their purpose, and then going out into the world to make a difference. And I'm so thankful for you guys and your generosity because you're not only impacting people right here in our city. I mean, lives are literally changing here at our church, but also you're impacting people in Mexico through the work we do down there, as well as in Africa and other parts of the world. So thank you guys for, for doing that. Um, here's how to get it done since we don't pass buckets and plates. Here's how you do give the offering. Practically speaking, one of four ways you can mail it in. Perhaps you're watching online. You want to mail it in or you, you can text to tithe or you can go to the in-person giving stations located near the exits of the theater or online at our website, citytribe.church slash tithe. So before you guys do that, stand up. Let's receive the benediction. If you want to put a hand out in position, receive. If you're comfortable, do that. Then that's totally appropriate. So dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from here, may you walk from here in courage and faith, no longer slaves to fear, knowing what is you are a child of God. Walk forward from here. And sometimes it's going to be hard to just take that one step of faith and belief that your good father has you covered. Walking from here, not with the what ifs, but what is. You are a beloved child of God. You're going to get there, not somehow, but triumphantly. Your overwhelming conquers in Christ Jesus. Walk from here and conquer in love. You guys have an amazing Sunday, and we'll see you Tuesday and next Sunday. Amen. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, Check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.